coming to you from Scott Romine's personal Batcave. It's Guadney Unplugged, brought to you by Guadney Automotive Group. Hey, Scott Romine here. Remember, if you ever miss this show, not all, but some of the episodes are at guadneyunplugged.com. You can download them as a podcast. Hey, we're going to talk Dukes of Hazard, one of my favorite uh, subjects in the world, with Greg Aday. He lives down in Texas. How are you, Greg? Doing good, doing good. Man, good to talk to you. Now, I guess we're probably about the same age. I was probably, you know, six years old or so when the show started. What are your memories of the show hitting the air? I just remember it. uh, We would watch the Dukes, and then afterwards, Dallas would come on, and then... uh, Later on, Falcon Crest. That's right. And I, we would, yeah, and we would, it was Friday nights. And, you know, that's what kids, kids these days, they don't know what they meant. They get to miss. They miss cartoons on Saturdays. And, yep. you know, Fridays we had the Dukes. Yeah, I understand, like, Friday night high school football games were started to be played on other nights because everybody would stay home and watch Dukes of Hazard. Right, and then they came, and then, you know, then they came out with the Dukes of Hazard cartoon for two years. I do remember that on, a Saturday morning on Saturdays. Cartoon. Yeah, t- right, right. Twenty-four hour news <laughs> and twenty-four hour cartoon channels kind of ruined all of the fun of that. Um, that's right. Kids that's today right. Just don't understand. So you live down in yeah. Waxahachie, which has mm-hmm. a pretty unique connection, I think, to the Dukes of Hazard. Could you speak to that a little bit? Well, Mr. Denver Paul lived here, and uh, I got to meet him a couple times, and uh, he, what's so funny about him is uh, my grandma, we didn't even know he was coming over there. You know, this was probably back in the late 80s, probably, you know, after the Dukes of Hazzard was already over with and everything, and he would just drive up. We didn't know it was him because it really didn't look like him, mm-hmm. and uh he would drive around in an old beat-up Chevy truck, <laughs> was still wearing his overalls and stuff, and he would come over to my grandmother's neighbors and uh, buy antiques. And st- I don't know what he was buying. I guess he was junky stuff or something. I don't know, because that's all my grandmother's neighbors ever had, you know, was, uh, you know, old metal and stuff. So I don't know why he was always over there buying stuff. But <laughs> anyway, one day we... One day we uh, we just went over there and uh, asked him for his autograph, and he was so happy that we remembered the show, you know. And, oh gosh! And everything, and uh, I still had my cereal bowl. If I would have thought, I would have got him to sign that. But you know, and back then, back in those days, we didn't think about taking pictures and you know all that stuff because, like I said, he was over there all the time, and then you'd see him in you know you would see him in town and stuff like that was his wife's uh, family from there i don't think he was from there was he no his his wife and she she's uh from starrett which is not far from here would he but, participate uh, in like parades and things like that around yeah, town yeah we right every year we had a christmas parade and he would always participate in that and he was also we also have the special olympics at the high school and he was always a big you know, always in, involved in that too. I've always heard that he kind of ended up being the wealthiest of all the stars from Dukes. That he owned like oil fields or something somewhere. Have you ever heard well, of that? 
Yeah, and what's funny is I've got one of his checks from when he was on the Dukes, and it's from, I guess, when he deposited it. It's from uh, a landing cattle company, I guess, that he owned. Yeah, he was kind of big time. I, I always heard he had yeah. a lot of land in, like, Colorado or somewhere. It was not Texas. Yeah, right. And this, what's funny is this check I've got, this is from 1011 of 1984, when he was on the Dukes, mm-hmm. and I don't know how they paid him back then. You know, I don't know if they paid him monthly or how that worked, but this check is for $45,013. That was a lot of money in 1984. So that was Still a lot, lot of, money of money back then. And yeah. Yeah, and I, like, I, like I said, I don't know if that was for the whole season or if that was for, you know, but it's it's a Warner Brothers check. You that know, is so. great. You know, I know that he yeah. lived on a boat during the show, I believe in Santa Monica mm-hmm. Pier, that he didn't yeah, even have I heard a house. That too. Have you heard that? Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, Man, you know yeah. what's and great? the house. Go ahead. What's funny is the house that he's got here, that in this area, he made it to look old. Oh, really? He didn't build a brand brand new fancy house. It was an old house that was falling down, and then they, he went back in and just made it. Made it look old. It looks old. It's, I don't know if I sent you a picture of it, but it it just looks like an old house. What's unique about you saying you've met him is, you know, the Duke's fan club or the the fans. We've we're on what generation three or four by now, but uh, those of us that have experienced all the Duke's Fest and all the big events, unfortunately. Uncle Jesse and and Boss Hog were never part of that, so it's it's right. kind of rare to run across a fan that you know had got to spend a minute with Uncle Jesse. You really don't come across Duke stuff signed by Denver Pile. Um, that's that's you got a really unique take there. Thing something you got to yeah. experience. Yeah, me and my brother, like I said, we went. My grandma just had some old you know, paper, and we went and got him to sign it. Now, I don't know what happened to mine, but I do have a picture, you know, because he used to, when he would drive around town, he would take pictures with him and and, and them out to people. Probably and, Polaroids. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> well, no, they were just they were just little pictures of him, black and white. Oh, okay. Yeah. That he would hand out. Yeah. Yeah, and then and my uh, my cousin did his, uh, when they were building or fixing their house up, she did their furniture. You know, and so he would uh, he would give give gave her a picture, and then my uh, my, my mom's uncle, and then my uncle worked on it worked on the house too. So that is so cool. I I understand yeah. he is buried in Texas somewhere. Right, right. Yeah, he's he's buried in Forreston in an unmarked grave. But there's a flag out there that they say that's where he's at because he's supposedly. Buried by his his wife's parents. Yeah, so uh, nothing says pile, correct? No, doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Well, and the what the reason I heard he did that is because after Boss Hog died, people were going to his grave and putting those uh, Boss Hog Cadillacs and those toys all over it, so he didn't want that. I have been to Boss Hog's grave in California, and you're right. His mm-hmm. headstone says "Brother and Boss." And right, it's got right. the little mask, you know, that kind of stand for actor or whatever engraved on it. But, right, uh, right. 
So there's something that continues to this day on a lake there, and it and it started when when uh, Denver Pyle was alive. Tell us about this bass tournament. Yeah, that's a big, big Uncle Jesse's big bass tournament that they they've had every year. His wife still she she was younger than him, so you know, of course, she's still she's still alive, and she she does that every year, and it's down in uh, Paris, Texas, and. Uh, they uh, they usually have a pretty good turnout, and I, I'm thinking uh, I've never, of course, I'm disabled, so I haven't haven't been able. I'd love to go down there, but um, I think they give away belt buckles. I think that's what they did last year. Oh, I think that's it's every year cool. they give away a yeah belt buckle. I've read his request was that all the proceeds from the tournament go directly to benefit the children in your county with special needs. How awesome is that? That's great. Yeah. 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 He's like I said, he was always involved in the kids. So yeah, I, he was. Cause I mean, looking over the stats of uncle Jesse's big mouth bass classic, which is coming up Saturday, May 5th, 6th, uh, in yeah. Texas, there special Olympics, they give almost $54,000 to that. Uh, the boys club down there, $28,000 shoes for children, Almost sixteen thousand dollars, six hundred and fifty pairs of shoes for kids at Christmas time. Uh, the police athletic league over twelve thousand dollars. I mean, it's really incredible what this bass tournament generates. Right, right, right. Yeah, they've, they've been doing a lot of good stuff. So that's cool. Well, hey, Greg, I appreciate you talking to us and uh, keeping okay. the legacy of Denver Pile alive down there in Texas. All righty. Well, thanks, thanks a lot. Thank you, Greg. Keep it, keep it between the ditches. We'll be right back here on Guadalupe uh, Unplugged. Right.